0: On Saturday, the 1st of April, head to the Triton Training Academy Open Event at the Carpentry Store in Nace. See live DIY demonstrations with Triton brand champion and online woodwork sensation April Wilkerson. Plus, there will be special offers, a prize draw, and giveaways on the day. The Triton Training Academy Open Event at the Carpentry Store Nice Nace, between 10 and 3 p.m. on Saturday, 1st of April. Visit thecarpentrystore.com for more details
1: love Talk Radio. They said you would make it so far, uh, uh. and ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the night you had to cry, Cause you had never let it go inside. You were
2: Hello, and welcome. You are listening to Get Into It with Tina Conroy on Blog Talk Radio, and I'm your host. The call line will be open for listening only, and that number is 516-387-1936. Now, I do have the chat room open, and if you would like to just say a hello, I don't know if we'll get to questions, but you can chat away. To do that, go to blogtalkradio.com, find my show, and you can leave some messages on the chat room. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today is Wednesday, May 13th. Always so grateful to be with all of you. Before I introduce my special guest, I would like us to pause and center. We've had many things happen around the country and the world in the last week or so. So as we always center, we allow ourselves to not only connect to ourselves, but connect to others. So if you could take a moment. Close your eyes. Place your hands on your heart if you can, perhaps one palm and then the other palm on top of that, and take a nice long deep breath in and exhale away. We place our hands on our heart, this place of love and compassion, our spirit. We connect to love and support for ourselves and love and support for others. We connect to the past, the present, the future and the journey that we are on. We take a moment to send many prayers to Nepal and across this country as well to all in need. I call upon the angels, spirit guides, and everyone listening on the show we hold in prayer to be guided with support, intuition, strength, and love. Take another moment for any personal intentions that you may have. And then slowly come back to the room. So I'd like to pull a card for our week. And I'm pulling from the fairies. The fairies are mystical, creative, compassionate, mystical creatures, and the card I chose for the week and for the show is Follow Your Dreams. It's quite perfect for the show as we talk about transformation, as we talk about empowerment and following our dreams. Diana Rabb, PhD, is a memorist, poet, blogger, and transpersonal psychologist. Her educational background includes health administration, nursing, creative writing, and psychology. Diana has been writing since an early age. As an only child of two immigrant parents, she spent a lot of time crafting letters and chronicling her life in a journal. As an advocate of personal writing, Diana facilitates workshops in writing for transformation and empowerment, focusing on journaling, poetry, and memoir writing. She believes in the importance of writing to achieve wholeness and interconnectedness, while encouraging the ability to unleash the true voice of the inner self. She's an award-winning author of eight books, over 500 articles and poems, and editor of two anthologies, Writers on the Edge, 22 Writers Speak About Addiction and Dependency, and Rab's two memoirs, are Regina's Closet, Finding My Grandmother's Secret Journal, and Healing with Words, A Writer's Cancer Journey. She has four poetry collections. The latest is called Lust. She's a regular blogger for Psychology Today, Huffington Post, Huff50, and Brain Speak. I had the privilege to meet Diana in April in Roslyn, New York, at Practice Body, Mind, Soul. And it was a delightful encounter. I am so glad that I attended that writing workshop. Personally, I have always written a journal, and I have many, many different journals that collect dust and are hidden away, and I have a few of them all around my home. I have one that I carry with me. I have one that's near my meditation cushion and altar, and I never thought of myself as a writer, but I was always very curious, and the journaling is what really inspired me to sit in on that writing workshop. I was inspired not only by Diana's work and her teaching, but by her as a person and She's full of light, very present and presence, intuitive, and passionate and And I am delighted to have her on today's show. so I am going to bring her on the line.
0: Hi, Diana. Good morning, Tina, from California.
2: Yes, good morning. Hello, afternoon, from New York. (laughs) Fantastic to have you. Thank you so much out of your busy schedule to join us today for all the listeners.
0: Oh, it's such a delight. I loved meeting you in New York, and I look forward to an ongoing relationship in, in terms of our work, et cetera. I think we're kind of kindred spirits in a lot of ways.
2: I believe that as well. I like I said, I'm just so glad to be able to attend that workshop and you know, I just talked a little bit about my writing. I never really thought of myself as a writer, but there is a connection there and your light, your presence, just your your passion, um, your your everything, your aura. Just really I think we had that connection from right at the start.
1: Hey, yes. Yeah.
2: So I guess we should start with how did you start writing? What was what inspired you, or what was your beginning?
0: Well, my, that's a really interesting question because my beginning uh, really started probably when I went to sleepaway camp when I was six years old. You know, uh, a lot of people, a lot of children on the East Coast, are sent to sleepaway camps, and I was one of those. And my mother gave me a box of stationery, and she said, "Make sure to write home every day." And so that kind of started my journey for writing. She also gave me a little journal, which I didn't really write much in at the time. But I think my real
1: moment
0: of really getting into writing was when I was 10 years old and uh, my mother had given me a Cahill Gibran journal uh, following my grandmother's suicide. And my grandmother was my caretaker. My parents were both immigrants and working full time and she was at home with me. It was Labor Day weekend and I had walked in her room asking if I can go play at a friend's house, and she didn't answer. And, you know, the child's sort of sense of intuition, I knew something was wrong, ran to the other room and called my mother. And my mother was a psychology student um, many years earlier, and she was also a journal keeper. And just dealing with her own issues of losing her mother in such a way... Uh, and really in the 60s, therapy wasn't a big thing, she went out and bought me this journal, and she said, just stay in your room and chronicle, just write what you feel. You know, write a letter to grandma, write about your what's going on in your heart, in your mind. And I did, and so from that day on, I sort of turned to journaling during difficult times, during happy times as well, uh, and I guess the next time was when I was a teenager and was going through the angst of growing up as a hippie in New York, <laughs> And all the crazy things that I was exposed to, and all the decisions that I had to make, you know peer pressure and that kind of thing and Then it transitioned into uh let's see a little bit in college then when i got got married and chronicled my love and for my husband, who I've been with now for forty two years, and then What else? Oh, and then, of course, I was on bed rest with all three of my kids, and I chronicled that, and that turned into a memoir, uh, self-healing. Actually, it was more like a self-help book and a memoir for other women experiencing similar difficulties. And then one of my daughters was a drug addict, so I wrote about drug addiction. And so a lot of my work has been kept private, but a lot of it has been published because I felt it could help other people. So that's pretty much the evolution of my writing journey and now I just do a lot of blogging as well and I'm working on a book for writing for Transformation.
2: Wow, and you've had such personal, so many personal things happen in your life. Did you, and you shared that because as I guess painful and difficult that it was for you, you really felt the need that there was someone out there that needed to hear that story.
0: Exactly. Exactly, because I think the stories amongst us are all, you know, we all suffer in the same the same ills and we you know, we like to think we're the only ones, but we're not. And I think the more that we share our stories, the more that we can help others and help and in helping others, we help ourselves.
2: Right, right. Because I know there's so much of secrecy. You know, there's there's so many and if you think about family and even my own I can think about from my grandmother and my great-grandparents that things came out years later. And, you know, I'm hopefully we're breaking those molds a little bit more today with people getting help and getting out with therapy and groups and things like that. But there was this secrecy to really sharing that dirty laundry. And so, you know, but, but that healing, it's really a healing process. I really, as you're saying, it's really a healing process to share these stories and reach out to people that have had different things like this happen in their lives. So it's very brave of you. I mean, on so many ways, I'm thinking, wow, it's 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 extremely brave.
0: <laughs> well, thank you, Tina. I mean, I, I think for me, it was brave. Uh, you know, my first my first memoir is called Regina's Closet. Uh, and it was in 2007. It's, it's still available. And it's all about finding my grandmother's journal after she passed away. And that book resonated with a lot of people, especially grandparents who felt that, you know, I need to start chronicling my life because even though it might have been a crazy life, it's such a treasure to leave that behind for grandchildren. Uh, and my grandmother's orphaned in World War One, so she had a lot of trauma, which, you know, that's a whole other story and that contributing to her suicide. Uh, but I think also we have turning points that make us sort of reflect on our lives. If I started writing... That memoir, actually, was part of my MFA in writing, but it was prompted by my first diagnosis of cancer, and I thought, well, maybe Grandma committed suicide because she had cancer, you know, and in the 1960s, that was a taboo subject. Um, I found out that she didn't, but anyway, that got me off the ground uh, in the writing, and then my second memoir is about my cancer journey, and I think that book was very brave, because I really reveal very personal, intimate details. Uh, and that was a hard book to write, but I was encouraged by friends and family and colleagues, you know, it, that it would help other people. As a matter of fact, I just received a letter from this woman who was 32 years old. She was just diagnosed with um, stage 3 breast cancer and she wanted she was a writer actually a journalist and she wanted to write about it and she couldn't find any books that would help her and she stumbled on my book and she said it helped her over the hump of sharing personal details so i was so delighted that first of all that it helped her and second of all that she wrote me that it made me feel really good that it could help her in that way uh and I think having a community, especially when you're going through difficult times, I and mean, that's why the 12-step programs work, that's why support groups are so effective, just having the support of community is very important when you're going through difficult times. And even being over at your practice there, Tino, I could can, I can just felt a sense of community, people that all you know believe in the same sort of sensibility about, you know, like you say, being grounded, being present and just being joyful for what's all the good in their lives.
2: Right, and and it's hard, you know. I I always have the struggle with not only myself, and I'm I'm also a mom, and you know I'm on yes, I'm on the spiritual path, but that doesn't exclude me from things to happen in my life. And it's it's you know sometimes I want it to be. It's kind of funny to say that, but I I think sometimes like wait a minute, I'm a healer, and I and I should have you know my life should be a little easier because I'm helping all these people, but that's obviously not. The truth and the case, and every lesson we go through, right? We say there's a lesson with the blessing, or blessing with the lesson, and so it is being present and taking a moment, and that connection of body, mind, soul, as we say it at practice, is to connect us with all those facets of our life, because life is happening, and it's happening at a very fast pace, and not all, you know, we can't control it all, but we can control how we can be, and. And take that moment and take that breath and whatever that spiritual practice is. It may not be meditation or sitting meditation. Um, I love the fact that when we sat together, I use cards all the time intuitively. I I, I always use this as a tool to choose when I sit with a client to pick cards and to kind of connect with them. And I love the fact that you had us choose cards to inspire us to write. And I, I love that, too. I love that that was I think I was like, wow, that is awesome to have something to write. Um, it reminded me of and I don't know if you know her, but I was connected to one of my yoga teachers in my early early part of my yoga training was friendly with Dana Fowles. and I'm so I don't know if I'm saying her name right. She's done many different little poems about yoga in Kropalo mm-hmm. yoga. And she did many little books and um she would start, her first saying was, this is what I have to say to you. And then yeah. from there, she wrote nine books. And um, she, I believe she's still teaching yoga at Kropalo, And um, it was my first journal reading book from somebody else that had writings about yoga and the connection to the breath and things like that. And so it reminded me when you had us choose a card, I guess you called it a prompt. Am I saying that correctly?
0: Yes, I yes I do.
2: Okay. And so it was, I love that, that we could choose a card, and they were beautiful cards, by the way, and we could have this prompt to help us write because sometimes it is difficult to get our words on paper.
0: Right, right. Yeah, and some people, as much as, like you say, you want to write and you want to do this, you know, a lot of people just don't know where to start, and so that's why I like using the cards because it's a kind of, brings an idea into your mind that could jog a you know, a memory of something that you would want to write about. So that's another reason for using the cards, just to sort of I think of it like a springboard to to the writing practice.
2: Right, which is which is great. So I kinda wanna yeah. just seg back a little bit. I know I didn't I guess I didn't realize that you I, I mean I guess I did, but then I had forgotten as I was preparing for today that you had a bat, your background was as a nurse as well. So did that come prior to the writing, or that was all part of your? I know you've done you've done many different things.
0: Yeah, I know. You, if you look at my CV, you're like, oh my god, who is this woman? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wonder myself, like, who are you? You've done it uh, all, girl. <laughs> I don't know about that. Might just mean that I'm a little confused. But, I mean, I do have to say that there is a thread in everything I've done from, you know, I started out in journalism and then health administration, then nursing, then, you know, MFA and writing, now psychology. But, I mean, it's all, the thread really is healing and the thread is disseminating information. So it's all about healing and sharing stories. You know, in journalism, I was a medical journalist and I was sharing medical innovations. Uh, So it was kind of all about education. So I guess my thread and... And this is another thing I do believe we all have a thread that drives us, and so my thread has really been healing slash you know information sharing so on education so uh, I forgot your original question. I started rambling. I'm sorry,
2: oh no, uh, I just was I was surprised that when I saw that you were a nurse as well, so you had the medical background, and then obviously the creative and the writing, but it is. It's a thread. It's definitely a thread of healing and moving through and, and uh, sharing.
0: Right, yes. I mean, so I think what happened when I was, you know, working as a health um, in a hospital setting in administration, I realized that I knew a lot about medicine. I knew a lot about administration, but I really didn't know much about, you know, nursing and, and certainly the body systems. And that's why I went back to nursing, I thought, just to sort of, complete my package of of knowing, if you will, Uh, and so that really helped me, and it also helped me because as a writer, like most of us, are quite shy, uh, and we, because we spend so much time alone, and so I think it also helped me get out of my shell, because, you know, you're in a hospital room, and patients are half naked, and they're half exposed, and to make them feel comfortable, you, you know, you have to sort of almost expose yourself in a sort of emotional way, and so it was a real... I think every step has been a growing one, a transformative one, if you will.
2: So that kind of brings us to the transformation part of it. So a lot of your work is uh, transformative writing. Can you can you speak to that a bit?
0: Sure. Um, so maybe I should start by defining what transformation mm-hmm. is. And so the way I see transformation is uh, – it refers to change. it refers to metamorphosis from one thing to another, whether it's from you know caterpillar to a butterfly or a person changing as a result of a life experience um, and This changing can often be done during writing, and that's why I advocate what we call free writing or stream of consciousness writing, especially in journaling, where you just you can start out with one of those prompts. Like you uh, had mentioned, this is what I have to say is a great prompt. You know, this is what I have to say today. I am on the phone with Tina, and I think she is awesome. And as I'm writing this, other things are popping into my mind, like, oh, she reminds me of someone I went to school with. And, oh, I wonder what that person is doing this stage in their life. And the student consciousness has no beginning, meaning, and end in the writing. It just kind of goes wherever your mind goes. It's kind of free-flowing and It's very free and it's beautiful, but it also can bring up a lot of things that are hiding in the subconscious. Uh, So that could result in transformation. So when I teach journaling, I say that it's very important to title, sorry, to date your pages so that you can possibly look back and see about any changes that might have occurred. And also... Looking back upon our writing, uh, circling certain patterns, you know, we might always for a while I was just writing about my mother because I guess she was bothering me emotionally for some time and so I realized that this was something I had to address at address in, in real life, just not only on the page. So if you can find patterns or repetitive subjects that you write about, those are things you might want to examine more closely. So, and that's how transformation works. It's about addressing a, a subject that perhaps we need knowing, learning more about, or also, uh, you know, establish a deeper sense of knowing.
2: So, I have a question on that. So, let's say I know when I looked back in a lot of my journals, it was a lot about um, I struggled with my body image, and so when I looked back, it was probably college time, it was all about, you know, having a good day or a bad day or things like that. I I just, those kind of general questions. So that's what you would say would be like a pattern. So if you took that pattern, then you would then say, well, this is my circle pattern and this is what I always write about. Take that into, develop that into more like unconscious writing or conscious writing, I guess. I'm trying to.
0: Well, for those people that are in therapy, I mean, it's very useful for a therapist to know, like, what, you know, some people know they want to go into therapy, but they're not really sure, you know, what exactly they want, what bothers them. They just feel bothered. So that would be something good to bring into the therapy session and say, you know, I've reviewed my old journals, and I realize I've kind of been obsessed with my body image, and what do you think about that? How could you guide me in feeling more comfortable with my body image, whether it's through hypnosis or it's whether talk therapy or whatever way, um, and maybe they might even want to understand why, what was the origins of that body image and how have you changed today so that you you know, not affected in a negative way by that. Um, I don't really like using negative or positive. I'm more of a, you know, I think there's good to be gained from negative and positive. So I would say just, uh, just as a, a starting point on how and, and connecting with a therapist is one thing. And then exploring, and those that, don't seek therapy then just exploring it themselves and going back and figuring out why what is it that bothers you about the body image what is it that you can do to change your way of thinking um and maybe even offering finding out if this is an internal struggle or if it's something that was prompted hmm. by something external so that kind of exploration can lead to transformation
1: wow
2: okay that's yeah. amazing
0: yeah really amazing it's, stuff it's also, yeah if you stop and think about it uh We can sometimes help ourselves more than other people can help us.
2: I mean, I'm just kind of sitting here going, wow, like I can think of all these little things in the back of my head of like who said what to me and what, you know, was it, was an out, I'm sure it's both like outside and inner. And then, you know, obviously I can always blame someone, but, (laughs) um, but really work through that. Yeah. And which is, I guess we always have, you know, I guess we have, different things that we struggle with whatever it may be and they do come up in the journals and I remember for a period of time not so much now but I remember looking through and saying gosh every journal is about the same darn thing you know it's like, <laughs> you know, like it's getting boring you know yeah. so
0: but that's yeah. great
2: so thank you for that I love that explanation that really helped a lot for me and I'm sure for many of the listeners
0: oh good oh good
2: yeah, yeah. So you, so most of your teaching now is it mostly teaching writing? Like I guess there's so many ways we could go about this, but are you teaching writing through journaling, writing through transformation, and you know, like what's your focus? You still teach at UCLA, I believe.
0: Uh, I was teaching at UCLA, but I, I, um, they've, it just. I was some years ago, but I'm not doing it any longer. Okay. Um, it's mainly because they're, they're far away from me, and, and they like you know these classes every day, and it was kind of hard. It was like two and a half hours, and so it really wasn't working for me. But it was great. They offer great workshops, um, more so in writing than in spiritual, um, spiritual teachings, which is what I, I kind of combine. I, the writing for Transformation has a huge spiritual com- component in the sense that I incorporate you know, the journaling, the meditation, kind of like what you talked about, Tina, you know, the sending intentions and the yoga and all those things that sort of make us better writers. Uh, So I offer, I I really do cater my workshops to the venue. I taught at the Open Center in New York um, and I taught something called Writing with Lust and that drew a huge crowd because my last poetry book was called Lust. I allowed people to be... Just open up the doors to their um, to their passions in that way through the writing Uh, and I do teach the journaling in in certain venues I teach memoir basics and I teach people or I help people I should say find out what their story is some people uh, not only do they have trouble starting to write even though they want to write but they know there's a story in them they might say oh my god so much happened to me in my life there's so much I want to write about but I help them find their focus cuz focus is mm-hmm. a really hard part especially if you're trying to write a memoir and so I help help them hone in on that focus and what they should you know write about at this moment in time so my my spectrum of writing is all basically personal writing I also um teach poetry for transformation so I touch all the genres I touch memoir essay journaling and poetry and it just depends on what form an individual is comfortable with some people just don't even want to go near poetry some people just don't have the essayist mind some people rather do stream of consciousness journaling so um, I just expose people to it and it's their choice which way they go
2: Right, and that focus sounds it's interesting with the focus that you said I have a few clients and and friends actually that have either written books or write books, and I guess you write a book no matter what, even if it doesn't get published, so they have all these writings, um, some have been published, some have not been published, but I do find that there's a focus issue on, they might have a few things in the works, or they're, they'll go from one genre to another, or just to sit down and have workspace, or organizational, or, you know, so I, I see that a lot, and I'm not, I you know I say I'm not a writer at all, but I do my own little writing with journaling, which is a beginnings, and I love it. So that's a great tool to have because the focus is so important because as much as you can have all this creativity and this flourishing of ideas, we have to focus on, you know, is it memoir writing? Is it, you know, is it poems that maybe that's your, your way to express? So it's very instrumental for so many people, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. So I have someone asking a question on chat. They're not going to call through, but they're kind of like typing away. Do you want to? You want me to read you the chat question? You up for a chat question?
1: Sure, sure. Okay, Mm -hmm.
2: let's see. So we do have a chat room that's only visible to me. Um, Okay. Hi, Diana. Uh, Have you ever written something, either published or not, that you later regretted putting on paper?
0: that's a good
1: one, uh, right? Yeah, that's a good, good
0: question. Whoever that mysterious person is. Um, <laughs> no, the answer is no. I okay. think uh, I might have an initial kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, why, why did I share that? But the bottom line is, what have I got to lose? Mm, wow, that's great. That's and, a good question. And also, though, but the I love bottom line is, what have I got to fear? I mean. When I was diagnosed with my first cancer, which was breast cancer, the first thing my father-in-law, who is a Holocaust survivor, said to me was, Diana, have no fear.
2: Wow. And now
0: he's 87 with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and I look at him, and I'm thinking, this guy's got no fear, and that's what's helped him survive. Mm. And so his words come back to me all the time, because what do we have to fear? Um, I do run everything past my husband, because I don't ever want to hurt him, and uh, especially this last book, this lust book, I mean, it was pretty, pretty sexy, pretty sensual, and, you know, he's the closest man of my life, and I don't want to embarrass him, so I did run it past him, uh, and he said, oh, yeah, and I was going to put a pseudonym on it, and he (laughs) said, no, you can't do that, that's going to be one of your most successful works, so I said, okay. So
2: yeah. yeah
0: yeah and what about
2: did you had you 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 did mention that your your daughter had some issues with drug use did you write about that i mean you just said it on the air but that i mean when i guess when it's about somebody else it must be difficult but you said you but i guess in that way you still didn't regret it you're saying you, it still would help somebody so that fear what that message you got from your dad is so amazing
0: Yeah, um, actually, it's interesting about my daughter. That was probably the trickier, the trickiest one. Mm -hmm. I really, because I didn't, she was having enough emotional issues, I didn't really want to make it worse. Right, Uh, right. So the way I presented her stuff was, uh, I think I wrote a letter to her and I published that letter Mm. uh, as a mother going, you know, Sharing in the Journey of a Daughter Having Drug Problems, and uh, I kind of covered myself that way, but I think there was, I think I got a little bit of feedback from her in her own way that she really wasn't happy I published that. So if there's any regret of anything I published, it was probably that, because, you know, when you're dealing with a hormone-raged 17-, 18-year-old, you just don't know what the reaction's going to be. Oh,
2: yeah, I have one as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably,
0: in retrospect, maybe should have waited. I mean, now she's 32 and an amazing, you know, artist, and she's fantastic. Uh, and she looks at that time as just, a, you know, a moment in time that helped her grow. So, Right. Um, but I think she was embarrassed by it. She never wanted to embarrass me, and I think I might have embarrassed her.
2: Right. And of course, it's all the learning, but... I right, I know, but, we, as I say, it's, it's not easy being call. a parent.
0: <laughs> it is sure. like being a parent, but it's such a judgment call and you, and like you know this is a show about intuition, and you really have to sort of listen to that in a voice and follow your intuition, and at the time, it just felt right for me, and I think I might have been a little selfish in the sense that I really wanted the world to know what I was going through I don't think it was about helping well it might have been about helping others but I just uh, it just felt like the right thing to do for me
2: right right you know I always you know, say one of the one of the I don't know if you've ever heard this before and I'll probably botch it up because I'm not the best one to remember these little snag lines but someone said to me when you make a decision let me see if I can remember it correctly any decision you made is the best decision for that moment so it's like it's sort of along the same lines it's it's, we make this decision, we base it on, say, for us, we would say intuition and how we feel. And at that moment, it's the best decision that we can make at that moment, because we only live in that moment. So, That's right. right. So it's like that, how you felt at that moment, for whatever reason, was the best decision you made. Maybe that decision would have been different at a different time. Right. So,
1: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. All right. So we have another question coming in. Um. With the demands of life with family, children, job, etc., I feel there is so little time, um, and it's clearly something that would be omitted from my day due to lack of time. Any advice for how to fit it into a busy life, such as, uh, I guess this is about writing or journaling, how to fit it into a busy life?
0: hmm Well, you know, I've raised three kids, and I know how busy it can get. And the husband that had, you know, is not home; he's traveling a lot with business. So I know how life does get in the way. But you know, as well as I do, that there's always time for what you want to do.
1: Mm
0: Mhm. I agree with that. So something, you know, something has to give. Whether it's you know, going extra clothes shopping, going to the gym one day less, having one less lunch with a friend. I think also. I've learned uh especially when my kids were younger, uh, which is when I started poetry because poetry doesn't take a lot of time. You know, journaling is very it can be time consuming once you get going. So that's when I started writing poetry. When my kids were young, I'm like, I need to be creative. This poem will take me ten minutes and I certainly can find ten minutes before they wake up in the morning. Um the other thing is, yeah, setting your alarm clock, you know, half an hour earlier in the morning before everyone's up. I mean to me, if you're a morning person, some people do it, you know, late at night. I when I was in college my writing time was at night, but now it's in the morning. <laughs>
2: That's like me. I'm so, a morning person now too.
0: Yeah. So I think it yeah. really depends uh how much you want it.
2: Right. I and I agree, yeah. Yeah, it's just like the spiritual practices of meditation. I get that a lot. People say, "Well, okay, you know, teach me to meditate. Teach me to meditate. Or I want to learn to meditate," and I can work with them. And I said, "Now, your job, or your homework, or your practice—right? The whole practice word—is doing it because you can see me once a week. You can see me every day, every day of the week. But unless you take it into yourself and take it into your your practice, into your home, into your life, it's you're only going to see me what once a week. I have a I have an ongoing meditation class, and it was an eight-week class. And I started out with nine people. This is always par for the course. It's a fall, and then there's a spring. And it's at a, a cardiac center, a the rehab center. And so I started out with nine people. And by the eighth week, I had two. And um, we just worked with different tools. And that's that's usually the case. And we worked with different tools, and they would get little homework, five minutes a day, sit, breathe, whatever it may be. Because what happens is it's making the time and we all have the same twenty four hours we all do is to make the time to do it and how much do you really want it. And I, I love that because you're honest, it's truthful, and it's just the way it is. If we want it, mm-hmm. we'll we'll make time.
0: Yeah. So thank that's, you for that. That's what it gets down to. How much do you want it? Uh and and it all gets down to priorities, which is sometimes not so easy to set. You know, I wanna do everything, you know, especially if you're a type A personality and You want to get it all done, and you know many women are just trying to put do so. We're trying to do so much. You know, hard to. I have a, you know, a daughter that her husband works in the publishing world, and he brings home all these books. She says, "I don't have time. I work nine to five. I just don't have time Mm -hmm. to read." You know, but the fact, the bottom line is, she never liked to read. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's a very interesting thing. You've got to know what you love to do.
2: It's funny, yeah. you know, my husband is an avid reader and he'll read one book, you know, of course it's he downloads It's like this he'll look at the um I I guess the best sellers or whatever, he looks at. So he'll do all these Kindle downloads and I'll get like 25 downloads and we share the Kindle and whatever. And so he'll say he, he'll read book by book, you know, he'll read one full book and he's a very big history buff. Like he reads these big history novels, but he reads other books as well. And so I'll say to him you know, he'll say, you have to try this, or what do you think of this? And um, for me, I will read two books at a time, or three books at a time, and we have this argument. He's like, how can you do that? You have to start and end, you know. and uh, But I started, I used to read a lot for, you know, things that would interest me or, like, my work, you know. Uh, and now I started, just recently, He he downloaded some book, or the first couple of times, and it was very – very light it had nothing to do with you know any of the work I do and I'm so grateful now I really love that other part that I can read a book that's just a whole story whatever it is and um, you know it's it's interesting what you're saying about reading because he's an avid reader I've always loved to read but I do have my my way and now that I am focused more on I read for sometimes like business or work you should even though that's all fun and passionate for me but then i have these other books that are you know completely completely just a different story you know non-fiction and just fun so yeah i love to read it's great
1: yeah yeah
2: good so where can let's see let's I want to give everybody your information but we have a little bit more time we have about 20 minutes um Where do you have? What uh, do you have any workshops coming up that you know? I know that uh, anything in the area or anything you just want to share on where you'll be, or maybe the calendar's not done yet for you.
0: Yeah. Well, actually, I'm I'm giving a presentation in Italy. I don't know how many people are going to, be able to come to Italy oh. and to Milan in June. Wow. <laughs> if you're That's... in Milan in June. That, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, what
2: what's that? Int- is there like a website or any information? You never know. People do do a lot of traveling.
0: Right. So just well, if you go to my website, which okay. is dianarab. dot com, and you go to events, it lists all my events. I am doing something in uh, Martha's Vineyard next uh, May, um, and my publicist is in the midst of. I don't want to jinx anything, but a few other big um, venues. So,
1: okay, great. It's a matter
0: of keeping up on my website, and I'm also. If there's anyone listening that has you know private groups or private you know uh, Organizations of people that are interested in this area, I do. May, I do come out to the East Coast, especially New York, a lot because I've got a daughter and a mother there, and so I do do private workshops. I don't like going much under ten or twelve people. Uh, mm-hmm. That's about that's kind of the sweet spot. Uh, a couple of times I went up to thirty, but uh, and I do either two hour or six to eight hour workshops. I can do weekend workshops. People want to have more. You know, more intensive work. Right. Well, and I know. Of- sorry?
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, cut no, you I was going to
0: say there's a list of topics um, that I've taught on my website under the events, but I'm also very willing to cater it to a particular group's needs.
2: Great. And I know that we're going to want to have you back, especially that you're not. You're, you come back to the East Coast often, so I know there were so many people that were really loved that talk we had, or you, that you had that I attended. Um, matter of fact, actually, the person wants to tell. I'm going to just say I wanted to thank Diana. I also was at a participant. I was a participant in Roslyn, New York, workshop that she did. She is a wonderful and interesting woman. I find it to be extremely inspirational. And thank you. So uh, the person that's through the chat was at that event. Uh, that you were at and I attended. So very nice. Oh I love lovely. Thank you whoever yeah, you are. Really <laughs> nice. Right. Yeah, I know. I don't get their name sometimes. I just get them like logging in as and there's just code name. <laughs> right. But um <laughs> anything else you want to share with the listeners?
0: Well, uh, you know, I think it's all about question always comes up like how can I fit it in and to me it's um it's all about fitting it in in a way that is comfortable for your particular lifestyle. You know, I teach when I teach journaling, I say, okay, start by journaling 15 minutes a day and, you know, get a, your favorite journal, get a nice journal that you feel like opening up, one that lays flat, find a writing instrument that's comfortable to you, preferably a pen. Uh, and... Track it open when it's right for you, some people might be comfortable doing it over lunch. Some people want to go to the park, some people in their office and I know you mentioned Tina that you have a couple of journals, and I used to be the kind of person I had a dream journal, one in my car, one in my briefcase, one on my desk and It got to be so complicated I could never find the journal that I needed at the moment that moment in time, mm-hmm. so I've now resorted to one journal that I kind of keep at my side as much as possible. Usually a moleskin, I like them because they lay flat and they're just comfortable for me. They work for me, and I've gotten into using fountain pens. I do have, in my evening purses, I keep little index cards because sometimes you can't fit a journal nose, those, and I always get thoughts of the most unusual times, uh, sometimes riding on the freeway. And so I think it's just a matter of setting uh, a routine to doing Doing it. Another thing that can inspire you is reading. I mean, reading is a great inspiration, and buying books of quotations uh, to help get you inspired to write. And again, it doesn't mean you have to sit down for two hours. You know, you could do 15 minutes a day if that's all you can handle.
1: That's, so, that's good.
2: I, I'm going to take you up on that journal because I feel like it is a little much, and I would like to navigate back to one. So I, I, I'm, I'm a little. I, I'm a little. You could see, you could tell Diana, right? I, I read two books at one time. I have how many journals. I think I have a little bit of a problem, but
0: <laughs> you I'll know have to. A problem? Well. You're just, you're just <laughs> a very smart woman who's multitasking, wants to get it all done. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just as long as you recognize that it has, you know, you've got to figure out what works for you.
1: Right, so, right. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make that work for me.
0: Yes. Um, so let me I'm just going to check the
2: chat room one more moment. Let's okay. see. Uh, people like logging in and logging out
1: okay Uh, I think
2: we're I think we're good right now that someone wants to ask a question but she hasn't typed away so I have to I only can I can't read their minds but um we'll see if she comes back um Okay, so I want to let every all the listeners know Diana's website is dianarab.com. That's dot bcom So all of her workshops, upcoming events, she is available for events, available for organizations and groups. And, of course, like she said, can also gear it to what's best for you and for your small group. Um, and, yeah. Well, Diana, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and to share all your insights and passion with the listeners. I can't wait to meet you again. I know that will happen soon uh, back in Roslyn, New York, or even in New York City. I know you are at the Open Center recently as well, which is one of my favorite places. And and I just wish you a wonderful day. And how is the weather out there in California, by the way? Thanks,
0: Tina. Well, it's dry. You know, we've had dryness for four years, so we're, they're threatening some rain for tomorrow, and we're all doing rain dances, hoping it comes. So <laughs> it's uh, okay. pretty bad. So if anyone feels like shipping water out here, you could probably make a lot of money.
2: <laughs> okay. We'll send some rain your way, some good, happy Thanks, rain dance your way. Well, you, have a, a, you too. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day.
0: Thanks, Tina. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: Well, thank you, everybody. That was fantastic. Our time always goes so fast. And I thank Diana very, very much for all her passion and her inspiration. I leave you with many blessings for this day and empowerment, taking all of Diana's wisdom about journaling, writing, and transformation into your life. Namaste.
1: They said you would make it so far uh-uh. And ever since they said it, it's been hard But never mind the night, you had to cry Because you had never let it go inside You work too hard and You know exactly what you want and need So believe And you can never give up You can read your goals come to your soul and